before I bought my horse, I was just hunting the money and hunting the positions. And after that, my whole focus changed. I changed companies. My career still continued to rise as a marketer. And uh, I was with American Express for about nine years before I finally had the opportunity to put it all together. And I left American Express. I was vice president of marketing for Latin America and Canada, and I had a wonderful career there, but really knew I could do a whole lot more to help leaders and help organizations be more effective through the work that I had learned with my horses. You're listening to The Business of Thought Leadership with Nikki Ballou and Michael Palmer. Welcome to another exciting episode of the podcast, The Business of Thought Leadership. I'm your co-host, Nikki Ballou. And I'm your other co-host, Michael Palmer. And boy, do we have an exciting episode lined up for you today. This thought leader has actually been on our Success Leaves Clues segment in the past, and she is doing such amazing things that we absolutely had to bring her back to do a full and complete episode of her own. I am speaking, of course, of none other than the one, the only, the legendary Tracy Evans. Welcome, Tracy. Thank you so much, Nikki and Michael. It's great to be here. Oh, we're thrilled to have you. Great to have you back. So Tracy, as you know, the name of the podcast is The Business of Thought Leadership, and our listener is super interested in what is it that has allowed you to position yourself and establish yourself as an authority and as a thought leader and help you commercialize that so you've been as successful as you have been. Could you please tell us your story? Sure. Um, well, I think what's what's helped me be most successful is I found something that I'm tremendously passionate about. And I've been able to link it to my past experience as well as my um, desires to really make big changes in people's lives and create something that is totally unique. To give you a little more background on that, I run an equine assisted learning center where we teach leadership and team building uh, using horses. And uh, I got into this about five years ago. I opened DreamWinds, but I had the dream come to me in uh, 2012 when I bought my first horse. I had not been a rider my whole life. I had not been a horse person my whole life, but I'd loved them and admired them from afar and always dreamed of learning to ride. And when I finally had that opportunity at the ripe old age of 31 to get on a horse, it was absolutely life-changing for me. Within a year, I bought my own horse. I was absolutely enthralled in the uh, in the industry and the in the passion for my for the passion I had for horses. And I purchased a five year old thoroughbred off the track, who was a bit, shall we say, insecure on the under saddle and a little bit quirky. And I had to figure him out because he was my dream horse. He was absolutely spectacular. He still is. He's with me today. And uh, I took a horsemanship course to learn what he needed from me to be uh, calm and successful and motivated to work with me. And what was fascinating during that session was I learned that he needed a leader. And the kind of leader that he was looking for was the same kind of leader that we look for in people. We want, he wanted consistency. He wanted clear communication. He wanted empathy and understanding. He required me to really consider what he needed. And throughout that entire session, I just had these bells going off that this is everything I needed in my work environment. Uh, at the time, I was in telecommunications. I was a rising star in uh, marketing. I was building my career after finishing my master's of business administration. 
And before I bought my horse, I was just hunting the money and hunting the positions. And after that, my whole focus changed. I changed companies. My career still continued to rise as a marketer. And uh, I was with American Express for about nine years before I finally had the opportunity to put it all together. And I left American Express. I was vice president of marketing for Latin America and Canada, and I had a wonderful career there. But really knew I could do a whole lot more to help leaders and help organizations be more effective through the work that I had learned with my horses. And I had the great opportunity to do that in 2012, and I have been at it ever since. Tracy, that's absolutely a spectacular story. And, you know, it's not everybody that through the dint of focus, hard work, gets to become vice president of marketing for a company like American Express. And yet... From that height of success, you decided to take the plunge and follow your dream and follow what your heart told you was true, real, authentic for you. What allowed you to do that? Uh, Sheer guts, I think. (laughs) Um, I have to admit, it uh, it was a big leap for me. Obviously, when you get to that level, you create a lifestyle and that you can, you know, that it affords you. And uh, for me to be able to walk away from that was, I was just propelled by my passion. I knew I wasn't in the right place. I knew I had given everything I had to American Express. I knew I had done uh, what I needed to do there. And for me, it was just time. You know, I guess I was 40 something at the time, and I was really ready for that change. I guess it was a moment of really realizing that how long are you going to do what you don't want to do when we only have this one life? And I had finally found a passion and I'd found a way to put it all together. So I literally, I bet the farm. (laughs) So to speak. uh, I took the leap. (laughs) We moved to the farm and moved our horses home. I invested savings and did what I needed to do to pull the facility together. And it's been uh, just through dedication and some stress and some changes in our lifestyle a little bit to really get us to where we are today, where I was able to bring this company to life and, uh, and help so many organizations and so many people. We do personal development as well here. But it really, I, there's no question it, it was a huge risk. I was very fortunate. I have a wonderful husband who's extremely supportive because uh, I'm sure most people would have thought I was a little crazy to leave such a great career, to do something that was so unproven and so unusual. But that's kind of who I am. I, I like change. I like taking risks and I like proving what I'm capable of. And I'm only just beginning. <laughs> I love that you've taken the risk and we certainly salute that. And I'd like to understand, and I'm sure the listeners are curious as well, what what have you done in order to get yourself known so that people actually know what it is that you do and, and how they can take advantage of it? Well, in my industry, being as it is so unique, you know, it's not really possible just to put it out there that, you know, come and try this equine assisted learning program and look at me, I do equine assisted learning. Um, Most people wouldn't know what that is. Uh, We wouldn't expect them to know what that is. So I learned early on that my job was really to educate the market. And in doing that, that's how I have become more known for what I do. But I did it through networking and extensive networking all all over my my local area and into into Toronto, especially. Because it has to be spread really from word of mouth uh, in, at this stage of the industry where it is so unique and not well known, people need it to be explained. Uh, so I did a couple things. I did a lot of networking. I still do a lot of networking. 
the, you know, the world is built on relationships and that's what I teach with my horses. So it's certainly what I practice. So that's a big part of it is really just telling everyone I know and really celebrating the types of things we do here and sharing and sharing and sharing. The other piece of it is I would, in, I, I open my facility for people to come and try it. So I have different opportunities throughout the year. We run community events. I participate in community events. We do a lot of charitable work. So I've really um, been on a bit of a mission for the last five years to help educate the world on what we do here particularly in Ontario, which where it is quite new, and also help other people uh, establish their careers in this field. I opened an uh, academy to provide the certification that I took here through Cartier Farms. I'm now licensed to provide it. So I've been developing that over the last two years and really helping others establish their career. So I've, in addition to going out to the general public to educate on what equine-assisted learning is and the wonderful opportunities to learn and grow uh, through horses, I've also been working in the horse industry and educating people that it is really possible to create the life of your dreams and build a career around your passion for horses. It's a tough industry. It's not an inexpensive industry, as you can imagine. So being able to find a way to afford horses and, and then also grow your business around horses is quite unique. And it's a, it's a wonderful opportunity for that because our clients are not just horse people, it's everybody. Tracy, I really love who you are and what you do. And, and, you know, Michael and I love working with you. You've, uh, you're a member of one of our high-level mastermind programs. What I really love about what you just shared is you're demonstrating thought leadership with this. So first of all, you've got a powerful message in that there is there are lessons to be learned when it comes to leadership from horses. And being connected to horses can help you be a more effective leader, can help you be a better follower within an organization and can, can frankly soothe your soul as it were. And then that message you've, you've delivered in a very particular way. You offer public programs, but you also offer corporate training programs with it. And then you've taken that message and you've modified it slightly to a whole new market. And the market that you've modified it for is a market of other people who love horses and you're showing them through offering them an academy and a training program, how they can take that expertise that they have and turn it into a commercial enterprise. So what you're doing is what we talk about and what we teach within our program. You're taking your message and your expertise, you're marrying it to a particular method of delivery, and you're marrying it to a particular market. Having done that successfully, then you've taken that uh, method of delivery and that message and you've moved it to an entirely new market. So you're demonstrating leverage. I love what you're doing, Tracy. I think it's extremely powerful. Michael, wouldn't you say this is like a really great example of thought leadership in action? It, it, it is. And what stands out is your leveraging and cross-promotion, I guess you will, of the different solutions, right? It's not just one thing. You have multi-levels, multi-markets that you're going after. You've got the people who are wanting to certify underneath you. You've got corporations. You've got individuals. All centered around this, this idea of having a horse show you what kind of leader you are and, and show you what you need to develop, I guess, in terms of your own leadership. So I love that. And that has enabled you to go and, and investigate where is the profitability? Where are the, the shining areas of your business that will help you then figure out where you should be scaling? 
Absolutely. And a big part of that uh, understanding the direction to go in, particularly with my um, consumer prop, my consumer services, the, you know, our date nights, our ladies nights, our personal development programs, those that those really were born out of me listening to the market. You know, I thought when I got into this, I would just run corporate training. That's where my background was, where my expertise lied. I could marry that with my passion. It was a winning combination. But as I started to meet people through those programs, um, and we also introduced a youth program, it really became apparent that there was a market for women and there was a market for couples uh, looking to do something different, something personal for themselves as well as for them as a couple. And so we've just expanded. We're really just listening to the market to see where it wants to take us. And that's quite a fun journey as well. I mean, there's there's lots of research to be done, but sometimes it comes to you. And that's what we find. We, we're in touch with a lot of people all the time and uh, different ideas are brought up and different expectations and, and hopes are, are brought up on what they would like to do with the horses. So, you know, we sort of let that guide us a little bit as well. I really like what you just said about listen to the market. When Michael and I do recordings for the interviews of the podcast, we tend to schedule a a, a bunch in the same day or two. And someone that we interviewed earlier today said that a big part of his philosophy was listen to the market, sell first, then go ahead and build it. It sounds like that's a big piece of what you're doing, isn't it, Tracy? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. We, you know, I'm I'm a big trial by fire kind of person, if that wasn't clear by just leaving my job and doing this. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's, it, it's, there's a lot to be said for getting out there and tweaking and modifying and growing and, and being really flexible as you grow your business. You know, there's lots of people who start businesses and get so fixated on what they planned to do. If it doesn't work, they don't know where to go from there. And I think you have to be an open, have a real open mind as an entrepreneur. And I think you have to really be ready and nimble to respond to your market. And not only should that be a negative response, you know, a response to a negative action in the market, but also creating those opportunities and capitalizing on those opportunities that are out there. One of the things I subscribe to, and I I get this from uh, Seth Godin and his book, uh, The Dip, is that the winners are the ones who stay in it long enough. Not to say that you don't pivot and figure out what's working, but if you stay in it long enough, you will be successful. And you listen to the market and you listen to the people around you and you search and seek and and hustle, if you will. You've done that. Now, uh, but I would like to hear a few of your struggles, and I'm sure the listeners would love to hear you know, what has gotten in your way? What has stopped you? I think what, what gets in my way a little bit is, you know, we, and, and I don't know if I'm unique in this, I doubt it. As, as a business owner, you can get stuck in what you think you sell. <laughs> so even as a, you know, I, I find it much easier to help other business owners and help companies I've worked with market their stuff more than I, I am feel comfortable doing my own. I think it's, I'm always trying to refine my message and listen to my market to understand what it is they think they're buying from me um, so that I don't get caught in that, that trap of just selling what I think I'm selling. Does that make sense? It, it does. Especially, especially in my industry, because you can get very term, like the terminology can be very industry specific. So one of the things that I think that may, may get in my way a little bit when, especially when I'm talking to corporate teams, I can't talk to all of them the same way. So it's understanding, getting a better understanding of their needs. And this is something that our mastermind group uh, working with you guys has been really helpful for me. Just really keeping me open to 
it's not about what I have to sell. It's about what people want to buy. And that may be the same thing. And hopefully it is the same thing, but it's making sure that my message really captures what they're looking for so that it doesn't, doesn't fall to the wayside without them really understanding the impact and what they, what they'll experience here. So that's something that I struggle with all the time, because I think, you know, that market changes a little bit too, you know, their, their buzzwords for the year change. So I've got to keep my fingers on that pulse uh, to know exactly what it is they're solving for, and then be able to really translate what I do, because it is a little bit of a difficult message for those who aren't familiar with horses at all, which most of my clients are not, and be able to translate exactly what I do into the benefits that they're going to experience. Yeah, it's one of the big mistakes people make in business is trying to do it themselves and be, and do it alone and yeah. not have the feedback coming from other other people and and what you're saying about uh, figuring out what it is that they're actually buying versus what it is that you're delivering. They don't buy uh, what you do, they buy what you do for them. And the language around that and how you message that, it's not easy. I mean, you were the VP of marketing for a very large corporation, American Express, Latin America. I mean, you said at the beginning of the show, you get this, uh, yet it's a challenge for you because it's about you. And you, you almost, it's almost, you know, I think it's a unique individual that can figure this out on their own. That's maybe their unique talent or specialty to be able to do it. But very few have been able to do it alone. And we had a, another fellow on the show recently, Rob Jacobs, who has a company called Sit Up. Or uh, unsit. Unsit, sorry. You know, he brought in a, a, a team to really help them understand what it is that they're doing. What's their brand? What's their message? What does the market want? What is, what's going to trigger this idea for them and then create an opportunity for them to sell that into the marketplace? I mean, that that kind of attention, that's what we urge and, you know, up on our soapbox every single week with, with all of our, our customers and clients is don't take this stuff lightly. And you certainly have not. You are a scientist around your own message and brand and your business, constantly stepping back and looking at it. And we're really grateful that we're able to help you do that. Yeah. And I appreciate it as well. It was, you mentioned, you said something about not doing it alone. And, and I'll tell you in my first year, I really tried. <laughs> and part of my challenge is I'm a bit of a pioneer in this space and certainly in our area and, and quite widely, actually, not many people are doing this for corporate team building. There's not that many people doing equine assisted learning at all, but to apply it to corporate team building is it's fairly new. So I really had no mentors that could even help me with that message from a, from the equine assisted learning perspective. So I've always had to take it that part's always been very personal and that's where I try not to get too stumbling. You know, I don't try not to stumble too much on my own language around that, but that's been part of my challenge is there's just not that many people doing it. So, you know, I try to reach out to international folks who are having some success in their markets and, uh, and I look, I look at their, you know, obviously their materials and their messaging and, and try to garner what I think would be effective here and learn from them. But it's, it's tough because there's, there's not a whole whack load of us doing it. <laughs> Totally. You know, one thing you said around that, which I found very powerful, is you understand the importance of getting your learning environments be one that's not just you by yourself. You want to be a part of a group. You want to have other people, even if they're not necessarily involved in equine-assisted learning, or as I like to call it, learning from the magic of horses, right? They, they are 
people who have a, a belief, a desire, and a message. And you can learn from that. And you can learn from the mistakes they've made. You can learn from their insights. And you can learn by teaching as well. You know, there's, there's something called Glasser Choice Theory. And Glasser Choice Theory uh, was developed by a, a researcher in the U.S. who just, William Glasser, who just passed away a few years back. And he said that the most effective way to learn is actually to teach. So if you're part of a peer group and you're helping other people, you're actually helping yourself because you retain 95% of what you teach others, Tracy. Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny you say that as well. I just, um, I launched a coaching program for my graduates. So I have a number of them that I'm accompanying them on their journey much more closely after they graduate to help them get their business up and running. Most of the horse people that come through my certification program are not really business savvy or haven't had a lot of experience or they might be new entrepreneurs. So my goal is to really accelerate their learning so they don't go through that year of trying to do it alone like I did and have, you know, I can, I can help them get over some of the stumbling blocks, some of the marketing learnings that I've had over the years. And I've really found that helpful because it keeps me sharp and it keeps me consistently reevaluating my own business to make sure that I'm bringing the best lessons to them as well. So that's been a lot of fun in the last six months. Uh, Just making me think about my business even deeper, you know, in concert with what we're doing in the mastermind as well. But I've kind of got this accountability on both sides, which I love. That's fantastic. You know, what's really great about you, Tracy, is you really took the group to heart and you also really took the content to heart and you've utilized that to take your business to the next level. I love seeing your results. I think you've had some crazy results in the last five, six months, haven't you? We did. Yeah. I I had uh, my best quarter ever in Q4 of last year, which I was thrilled about. And I am poised uh, for a strong, strong uh, Q1 as well. I should I should break my own records in Q1 as well. I just have a few things that I need to land, and uh, it'll be a beautiful thing, and I've got four more weeks to do it, so it'll happen. <laughs> uh, you know what? That, that makes me and Michael very, very happy. I think you know one of the things we like to do in order to wrap up our episode is we ask our guests to share their top three expert action steps that they recommend our listener take on to take their business, their life to the next level. What are yours? Well, I think first and foremost, find your passion and make sure whatever your business is or whatever you're developing your thought leadership in, you're truly passionate about. I've met so many people over the years that don't know their passion um, at all. And I was one, I was that person uh, up until I took that first horse riding lesson. I really had nothing outside of work. And I've met so many people who are running businesses that aren't their passion, which I find interesting. I think first and foremost, you have to figure out what you're truly passionate about. And if you want to be an entrepreneur, you better wrap it around that because it's not easy work. And if you come to those stumbling blocks and you, you, you know, you have bad days, you have bad months, you have bad quarters without that passion driving you, I just don't know how you get through it. Like, I mean, I think that's why so many businesses fail because people try to do it based on what they think they're going to make from it, what they're going to earn from it, rather than having it come from a true place of passion where that passion will make them able to overcome obstacles and accomplish things that most people think is impossible. And I really feel like what I've been able to do with my EAL business is exactly that just driven by my passion to overcome, you know, doubt and obstacles all along the way. So that would be my first tip is just make sure that whatever you're doing is linked really strongly to your passion. The second piece 
get over your fear and doubt. <laughs> and this was a, a big learning for me because it, I was a new entrepreneur. I really had no idea how to be an entrepreneur, frankly, which is why I probably tried to do it for the first year all by myself. And there's a lot of doubt that comes up. There's a lot of fear that comes up. But I think in order to be successful, you've got to really put that aside. You've got to find a way to overcome your fear. We see that in our programs all the time. When people come in and they're afraid of the horses, they are so much bolder and so much more empowered when they leave because we get them over that fear. And that's just a small example. But when you have those kinds of fears within you, they affect everything you do. So even overcoming those small fears, you know, I always tell the story, I, I learned to sing last year and I had this tremendous fear of singing in front of people. But once I did that first lesson and had to sing in front of my instructor, all that parted and, and different things happened in my business. And I had tried different things in my business. I called people I would never have called before because I just did the hardest thing I could imagine. And so nothing else could compare. So I really encourage people to really face their fear and get over it, find a way to overcome it. And if you're afraid of something, don't avoid it, go towards it and conquer it. That's really important. And I think the last thing is learn every day. Learn something every day, Learn, pick up a book, call somebody, meet with people, you know, join a mastermind group, join networking groups, involve yourself in your community so that you're learning and improving your skills every day. If you go into, you know, thought leadership and a business where you think you know it all, you're doomed to fail. The market's always changing. The world is always changing. There's different opportunities coming up all the time. So you have to really be open to that learning and recognize that there are so many people out there who know so much more than you about different things and be open to garner everything you can from everyone and everything around you. Those Tr would be my top three. You know what, Tracy? Those are fantastic expert action steps. Look, what's one thing that you're up to that you'd really like to promote over here? This is this is the, the time to go for the sales pitch. Go for the sales pitch, okay. Well, you know, our biggest focus this year is really growing our corporate business. We have an incredible program that helps teams get more engaged, develop stronger communication skills, and build strong leaders. And it's what I am absolutely most passionate about. Having worked in the corporate world for 15 plus years, I saw what would happen when teams wouldn't communicate. I saw projects die on the vine because cross-functional teams couldn't pull it together and couldn't work together effectively. I saw great leaders do great things and I saw less than great leaders destroy teams. And that's where my passion lies. So what I'm looking to do is really help organizations take their teams to the next level, overcome barriers and get people more engaged. People need to enjoy going to work every day. People need to feel empowered and they need to feel like they work for some Somebody who cares, who's going to help them get what they need out of their career and help them really accomplish great things and have success. And uh, that's exactly what my program can do, working with the horses, helping them overcome communication challenges and really learn to respect their teammates, respect their their abilities to work together and their needs to work together and get a better understanding of what the people around them need from them. Because we often go to work and go to, through our day-to-day -day life focused on what do I need? What do I need? And in order to be successful in any team environment, you have to flip that around as a leader and as a team player, you really need to start thinking about what does my team need? What do my coworkers need? Because that's how you're going to get 
out of it what you need to get out of it. So that would be my biggest uh, my biggest pitch. I'm I'm ready and able to take on teams this spring. We're booking up quite heavily into April and May, but we do have some dates available, and uh, would love to really help some leaders create some big change and uh, wow their teams. Well, that's fantastic. Absolutely. We'll definitely make sure we put that in the show notes. And I know you've got a lot of great consumer programs like date night and so forth. Absolutely. Everybody should do date night just for the record. (laughs) 100%. 100%. Well, uh, we're definitely going to take that on ourselves. I think uh, I'm going to take on a date night with my sweetheart. uh, I'm already signed up. Just got to get up there and do it. That's it. That's it. So Michael's already signed up. We're excited about it. So if you'd like to make any kind of special offer for folks, you can let us know. We'll put together a special code for people and they can use that as a promo code and, and away we go. Okay, I will put something together and send it over to you. Thank you so much, Tracy. This was awesome. We're so excited to have you on. Thank you so much. It was really my pleasure. And again, thank you for all your support and help and looking forward to crushing some more goals and and making some big impacts this year with your help. Thank you. Our pleasure. Our pleasure. Thank you, Tracy. Take care. Thanks, you too. Have a great day. That wraps another episode of the Business of Thought Leadership podcast. To get more information about our guest today, please go to thebusinessofthoughtleadership.com. And as well, you can take advantage of the promo code that we'll post there, as well as any other show notes that we talked about today. Please sign up for the podcast and join our community. We'd love to be able to send you information about new shows that are coming out so that you don't miss any of those. And until next time, we'll say goodbye. You've been listening to the Business of Thought Leadership with Nikki Ballou and Michael Palmer. For more information and to download the resources mentioned in this episode, please visit us at thebusinessofthoughtleadership.com. Thank you for listening. 